Kent Online News. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast. Nicola Everett. Hello, hope you're okay. Thanks ever so much for downloading today's podcast on Wednesday, October the 18th. And I'm joined first today by reporter Alex G, who's been speaking to the dad of a young man from Ramsgate who died following a night out celebrating his 23rd birthday. Chase Oldell-Worth was found unresponsive at his home in July. Well, Alex, thank you ever so much for being on the episode. Firstly, can you tell us what had happened to Chase? Hi, Nicola. Thanks for having me on. Yes, this is a dreadfully sad case. Uh, Chase had just celebrated turning 23 and had gone out with a few friends to mark the occasion. Uh, sadly, the next morning, his partner Alec found him unresponsive in bed uh, and while he was rushed to the QEQM hospital in Margate for treatment, he sadly died four days later from a brain injury uh, that was caused by a heart attack that in itself was induced by a, a cocktail of drugs that uh, Chase was found to have taken. Uh, he had been battling uh, addiction. To, to, to drugs and, uh, and alcohol uh, for, for a number of years. And you've been speaking to his dad, Aaron, who's paid a heartbreaking tribute. What did he tell you about his son? Yes, his dad, uh, Aaron Oldale, uh, made a heartbreaking uh, tribute to his son. He, he said he was a unique individually he only ever wanted to do things his way uh, and that could be challenging uh, as a child and uh, and as a as an adult as well uh, and deep down in his heart he 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 always knew as he said that chase would never make old bones uh, but as any parent uh, would he always thought that there would be more time nobody expects there their child to die at 23 uh, but especially with Chase he just moved in with uh, with Alec his partner in in, in Broadstairs and uh, seemed to be making um, really good headway with his with his mental health and uh, uh, Aaron told me that uh, Alec had also been working on him with his uh, with his drug addiction and so things seem to be really looking up and so obviously this this all came as a dreadful, dreadful shock to the entire family. Now, if you head to the site today to read Alex's report in full, you can also see some really lovely pictures of the family in much happier times. And Chase's partner has also paid tribute, hasn't he? Well, yes, Alec uh, told me that he loved everything about Chase. Uh, and while they'd not been going out long, they'd been courting each other for well over a year and that uh, recently there had been a, a real awakening of true love. He described his partner as a massive contradiction uh, and a truly unique individual who would go against the grain just because he could. Um, and while they were different, they were drawn to each other's company, and he was absolutely everything to him. An incredibly sad story. Our thoughts are very much with Chase's family and friends. And Alex, thank you ever so much for joining me. Kent Online News. A man has been charged with attempted murder following a stabbing in Dover. A woman in her 70s was attacked at a property in Heathfield Avenue last Thursday. She was taken to a London hospital where she's in a stable condition. 51-year-old Mark Roberts, who lives in Alden Way, is in custody and is due to appear in court next month. A man's been found dead after police were called to Gravesend town centre. They cordoned off an area between the railway station and Thamesgate shopping centre in the early hours of yesterday. It's understood the death is not being treated as suspicious. Investigations are underway after a series of attempted burglaries in Swale. Four men are thought to have targeted as many as 10 homes and vehicles in Minster, Faversham and Sittingbourne over a seven-day period last month. We're being urged to check CCTV and dash cam footage for any suspicious behaviour. There's been a huge emergency response to a fire at an industrial building in Dartford. It broke out on Green Street, Green Road yesterday afternoon. 
Five fire engines, a bulk water carrier and technical rescue unit were sent to the scene. Crews spent nearly three hours tackling the flames. Next today, and food banks across Kent are braced for their worst winter yet, with demand for their services at an all-time high. The Trussell Trust runs seven sites in the county and expects to hand out more than one million emergency food parcels in the next three months. High food prices and the cost of gas and electricity are driving more people to rely on them than ever before. Well, Esther Herwood is project manager for Swale Food Bank and she's been speaking to Kate. One of the things that we do as a food bank, we don't just help with food, we also help people with fuel vouchers for their gas and electric. They're on a prepayment meter. Um, and we've been doing that all through summer. Uh, people are only, you're only supposed to have three of those in six months, but we have been giving people, having to help people more than we normally would because of the pressures of, you know, the cost of living crisis. And it's going to get worse as the cold weather arrives and it gets much colder. We, we put our heating on yesterday. It was freezing. So heating one in my house, my husband was like, only for an hour, one hour you can have. What sort of pressure does this put on, on you, the food banks? Does this mean that you're having to go out and, and buy stock to provide to people or are you able to get by on just donations? Yeah, we are, we are purchasing around about 50% of our stock at the moment. So that's a huge job. Considering we've been 90% busier than we were last year, and overall about 15% busier than we were last year, if you average it out over the year, um, we are having to buy a huge amount of stock. So our warehouse coordinator, who's quite new this year, has spent a huge amount of her hours each week going out and purchasing from local supermarkets because we haven't got enough donations coming in, unfortunately, to meet with the demand. Where does the money come from to buy the stock? So we have some money already um, in reserves um, in our bank account. We've also had some money from the cost of living crisis um, funding that's come via the government. So that's helped a little bit as well. Um, the household support fund helped us as well. So there's been various ways that we've been able to manage it. Also, we apply for grants and funding all the time. That's something that's one of my main jobs really is looking for funding and making sure we've got enough to keep us going. Um, so yeah, so that's, that's how we managed to purchase. Do you think that you're going to have enough to meet demand over the winter? I think... We will manage. We'll find a way. It's going to be very tight indeed. Um, and yeah, we'll have we'll have to see how things pan out. But demand keeps on increasing. Um, and as a project manager um, who's got an overall picture of our food bank, we've got four centres um, here and we also deliver. Um, I can see the increase and the increase and the increase and also the decrease in donations coming in. And all of those things, just the simple maths of it, more going out, less coming in we are running out of food very rapidly. Um, that's not to sound an alarm because, you know, I want people to come to us. If they need our help, please don't not come. Please do go to your local food bank if you need help because we are here to help you. And people like myself across, you know, across the whole county are trying their best to try and make sure that we can provide the food that people need in that crisis moment. Can you tell me a little bit about the people that are making use of the food banks? Is it, um, you know, are we seeing uh, families, are we seeing rough sleepers, professionals? What, what sort of people are, we, are using the food banks? I would say all of the above is what we're seeing at the moment. So we have seen, incredibly, we've seen some um, very professional people coming through our doors in the last months. And we've also, we are seeing increasing rough sleepers at the moment. We've got lots of people who are homeless and are rough sleeping. Um, and equally, many families are coming through the doors, lots of working families. As I said right at the very beginning, um, we're seeing more working people who've never used us before, have no idea how to navigate the system, no idea what they're doing. Um, something I talk about really regularly when I do any media interviews is we very often get in emails through from people 
that you can see from the timestamp on it that they sent it at like one o'clock in the morning, two o'clock in the morning. And you clearly they're laying awake thinking, what am I going to do? Um, and then we'll email them back as soon as we get into the office straight away saying, yes, we can help you send us your phone number. We'll give you a call. And they'll tell us their whole story, but not any details, no address, no phone number um, in that first email. And then we'll try and go back to them. And they never come back to us. It happens over and over and over and over and over again where so many people make that initial contact in the middle of the night when they're, they're laying there thinking, how am I going to feed the kids? What am I going to do? What about that bill? And then in the cold light of day, they're like, why did, I, why did I even send that email? And then they panic. And then they never they never do contact us again. And they never reply to our texts, never pick up the phone to us, which is such a shame. Because we, we want to really lift that stigma of people feeling that they can't use a food bank or that people be embarrassed about it. It's nothing to be embarrassed about. It's not your fault that we're in a cost of living crisis. That's a really important thing to say to so many people at the moment. Kent Online reports. A Kent MP has promised everything will be done to keep communities safe in the UK as fighting in the Middle East continues. Israel launched strikes on Gaza after militant group Hamas carried out a surprise attack on the country just over a week ago. Today, the US president has arrived for talks with the Israeli prime minister to try and ensure the conflict doesn't spread. Well, Security Minister and Tunbridge and Morling MP Tom Tugendhat has been speaking to our colleagues at KMTV. We're all... Uh, I think, uh, shocked to have seen uh, only a week, 10 days ago, the most extraordinarily horrific murders in in Israel. I mean, just absolutely vile crimes that scream out for justice. And I know that we all share huge concern that the Israeli people should have the right to defend themselves. If If you're attacked like that, then you should have the right to defend yourself. Of course you could. Of course you should. But it's also true that um, we're always concerned about making sure that we're alleviating humanitarian suffering, and that's why the government has set aside an extra £10 million to support any humanitarian needs in Gaza and to make sure that we're supporting those innocent, uh, the innocents on either side of any conflict. Now, we're also particularly concerned about incidents at home, and uh, I must say, as the security minister... The security of the United Kingdom is, of course, my my first concern. Uh, And we've been working very closely with different communities across the UK uh, to make sure everybody feels safe. But it's particularly noticeable that uh, it is Jewish schools and Jewish groups that have very often felt vulnerable. Uh, And sadly, the rise in anti-Semitic attacks in the last week or so has been extremely worrying. A man found guilty of helping to smuggle thousands of people across the English Channel to Kent has been sentenced to 11 years in jail in Belgium. Hua Rahimpur was arrested in East London last year and extradited. Officers investigating an attempted robbery in Canterbury are looking for a witness who stopped to help the victim. A boy was walking under Kingsmead Road on October the 5th when he was assaulted by two teenagers. A stranger on an e-scooter interrupted the attack and the robbers left empty-handed. Well, police say the passerby may have key information and have urged them to get in touch. It's thought people armed with catapults are behind a spate of attacks in a village near Maidstone. Homes and a bus in Hunton have been damaged. Police say they are investigating, but so far no one's been arrested. A failing secondary school on Sheppey is due to be split into two separate schools run by different trusts. Oasis Academy is set to close next September after being criticised by parents and rated inadequate by Ofsted. 
Well, now there are plans for Lee Academies Trust to take over the site in Minster, while EKC Schools will run the one in Sheerness. Staying with education news, and thousands of children across Kent are finding out if they can apply to go to a grammar school next September. Results of the Kent test are out today. This year, a total of 17,037 children sat the exam. 11,170 of those live in the county. The rest are hoping to go to school here. Well, of the Kent children who sat the test, 5,050 were assessed as being suitable for a grammar school and there are 5,801 places available. Well, to give some analysis, we've been speaking to Graham Jones, who's an education specialist at Whitehead Moncton Solicitors in Maidstone. How is the pass mark determined? That's a very good question. It hovers around um, the... Uh, the, the same sort of level every year. Um, last year it was 332 and there are three subjects. There's English, maths and then verbal reasoning. And last year you had to get a total pass mark of at least 332, but not less than 108 in each subject. So in theory, you could get above the overall pass mark, but if you were below 108 in any of the three, you would not have passed the Kent test. What can parents do if their children don't get the result they hoped or expected? This happens every year and it is not what parents expect because there's not actually anything you can do now if you haven't passed the Kent test. The reason for that is that you have to put your choices of school in by, by the end of October um, and then you wait until what they call offer day, which is 1st of March next year. Now, if you haven't passed the Kent test and you think your child will thrive at a grammar school, you will have to put the grammar school as your first choice. But the problem you'll get is that if you haven't passed the Kent test, you will not be offered a grammar school place. So when the offers come out, you'll have been offered one of the other schools on your choice of four. What you can then do is appeal to the grammar school because they haven't given you a place and that's effectively the appeal for not passing the Kent test and what you have to do then is to show the school why you think your child is suitable for the grammar stream. And on that appeals process how exactly does it work? Can parents apply now? No, there's nothing you can do at all now. What you have to do is to look at the schools you want to put on your school's choice and if you're satisfied that your child will cope in the grammar stream and I would emphasize that you've got to be satisfied your your child will cope and if they've not passed the Kent test it may be they won't cope however there can be a number of reasons why you didn't pass the Kent test was there something going on at the time in the child's life that had caused a problem was it an out of kilter um, exam did something go wrong I mean speak to the speak to the primary school if the primary school are surprised the Kent test hasn't been passed that's a good foundation to say well maybe we should appeal but what you don't want to do is to put your child into a grammar stream if they're not going to cope but as I said nothing you can do at this stage other than choose your schools what you have to do when offer day comes around on 1st of March next year you have to put in um, your application for an appeal now you um, put your application in by the 28th of March next year and it will be heard by the 17th of June. So what you then need to do, you, I mean, I suppose you can prepare for the appeal now. You can get your evidence together and get together what you want to say to the school. But there's nothing that can be done with it 
until offer day and you've been rejected. Kent Online reports. Travellers who were given permission to live at a Kent port have been ordered to leave. The group were allowed to stay at the port of Ramsgate following welfare concerns for children, but now the council say they need the land back for reasons unrelated to the port's operations and the camp has until October the 23rd to move on. Supermarket bosses have apologised after a fly was found in a profiterole Sunday dessert in a store in Gravesend. You can follow us on socials or head to the website today to see a picture of the pudding that was bought from Morrison's on Cold Harbour Road. Well, a spokesperson has described it as an isolated incident, but they are carrying out a full review. Bosses at a Mexican food chain have asked to stay open until three in the morning in Canterbury. The schools grow for it to become a 24-hour city. Plan Burrito admit there have been some objections, but they think it will help boost the nighttime economy. It's due to open next month. People living in Faversham fear an area of green land that's gone up for auction could end up being built on. The site on Beach Close will go under the hammer next week and has a guide price of just £5,000. Dozens of people have turned up at a rally calling for the sale to be stopped. Now, an incredibly popular arts and crafts shop in Chatham is closing down after 40 years. This is one of our most read stories on the website today. Just Fabrics started off as a stall in the town's market before moving to the Pentagon Shopping Centre. However, the space is now needed to open a new healthy living centre and bosses say they simply can't afford to move anywhere else. Carrie Shaw is the owner and posted a short video on socials. We are shutting our doors for the very last time um, on October the 21st, um, 2023. Um, we just want to, well, I just want to thank all our wonderful customers for all their support over the last 40 years. Um, supporting my family and me being in Chatham and all the business that we've done with you and all the things that we've talked about and seen you make and you know the lives that we've shared of yours it's been amazing and we're really grateful um, to have that opportunity with you guys but sadly um, the business um, can't sustain itself in Chatham anymore and because we have to leave this unit we are going to close for the very last time on the 21st of October. Kent Online News. The people wanting to bring flights back to Kent's Manston Airport have revealed ongoing legal challenges have cost them at least £200,000. Plans to create a cargo hub at the site in Thanet have been delayed by four years as some residents try to stop it. Now, if the latest legal battle is resolved soon, we're told building work could start in 2025, with flights taking off two years later. Now, as Black History Month continues, final preparations are being made for an event to celebrate all cultures across Kent. The Empower Gala will award people who go above and beyond within their community. It'll feature Afro-Caribbean food and music, along with the fashion of Wakanda, the fictional setting for Black Panther. It's the brainchild of businesswoman Dr. Blessing in Akimu. It's a celebration of culture and achievements. It's, yes, we know Black History Month is coming up, but what we want to do is to celebrate the achievements of people in Kent, but not just um, restricted to a specific type of person, we're opening it up to the whole community. Where we do quite a lot of work globally, we want to bring that global sort of essence to the local community, to bring private, public and community service together in one room to celebrate achievements, really. Why was it so important to you to hold this event, to celebrate, as you say, 
everyone within the community for the most extraordinary things that they do. I think you find across Kent that there's a pocket doing business, there's a pocket doing public sector, private sector, their charity events, charity awards, it's all segmented. And being a businesswoman, you find that you can cut across all sectors. Why not just bring everybody together, you know, once a year, we all cross-pollinate and see what comes out of it. After all, we're all co- part of the Kent community. So I think for me, it's about the coming together, various cultures, various communities, various aspects of our working lives as well to inspire and to empower. It's also important as a mother as well that I set an example for my children. So it's a case of if you don't see it, you can become it. So giving the next generation the opportunity to be inspired by what already exists within Kent and then see what happens from there. You said this will encompass all of the community but it is happening as you mentioned during Black History Month. How much of a part of that will this celebration be? I suppose the underlying culture is is what we're celebrating that's why the the cuisine the music is all cultural and then the fashion as well you know the fashion of Wakanda kind of represents the ideal I suppose cultural glam of all of us so for fashion of Wakanda is whatever that looks like for you you know for me it could be um, my traditional double Georgian wrapper for you it could be a dinner dress for someone else it could be a kilt you know but whatever it is that your high glam is that's kind of what we want to see is to celebrate cultures you know the differences that we have is what make us unique as a community so it's a case of coming together to showcase who we are in a very welcoming atmosphere. Do you think we learn enough from each other or do you think perhaps sometimes that's missing? We can be a little bit blinkered. We just get on with our day to day. And actually an event like this will kind of spark that. Well, actually, I can get a lot from other people, from other cultures, other traditions. Spot on. I think that's the whole essence of it. You know, it's OK to be taught in the classroom or be directed to be inclusive. But if you can create a social atmosphere where everyone is relaxed, we've all got the same thing in common. You've got a drink in your hand. You've got you know you we all bleed red don't we so it's a case of creating that social environment where we can have open and honest conversations and bias can be challenged so to speak and because I've had few people who've asked what is the fashion of Wakanda am I allowed to dress in traditional clothes of African communities is that cultural you know am I, am I crossing any lines here you know and I'm glad that those conversations are happening because that's the whole essence of it and by asking those questions and by answering them in a safe environment we see that we're shifting we're making the difference and I think it's it's exciting and I'm looking forward to the red carpet to see what people are going to come up with. I've got quite a few messages of people asking me, where can I get something to wear? You know, so who knows what would happen next year. I might start to supply fashion as well, but, um, you know, we'll play by ear and see. But I think it's it's going to be a fun way to do business differently in Kent. Rochester Cathedral Spire is going to be lit up green tonight to raise awareness of liver cancer. More than 6,000 people are diagnosed with the disease in the UK each year and only 13% live beyond five years. Well, it's hoped the campaign will make us more aware of the symptoms. And a new creative space has opened in Sheerness following a £1.5 million refurbishment. The former Victorian offices in Masters House in Trinity Road have been converted into affordable workspaces for aspiring entrepreneurs 
entrepreneurs and small businesses. It's hoped the new building will become the creative hub on the island. Kent Online Sports. Plenty of football news for you. First up, Sheppey United have qualified for the opening round of the FA Cup for the first time ever. They beat Billericay Town on penalties in their replay match last night and will take on League Two side Walsall next. Ebb's Fleet United missed out, though, after losing 2-0 to Slough. Elsewhere, Gillingham have lost 2-0 to Maidstone United in the second round of the Kent Senior Cup. The Jills put out a young squad for the match at the Gallagher Stadium last night. Nearly 1,500 fans were there to watch. And finally, Kent's Alessia Russo has been named in the England women's squad for their next two games in the Nations League. They face Belgium at home on October the 27th and then away four days later. That's all from us for today. Thanks ever so much for listening. Don't forget, you can follow us on Facebook, X, Instagram, TikTok and Threads. You can also get details on the top stories direct to your email each morning via the briefing. To sign up to that, you just need to head to kentonline.co.uk. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast.